Welcome to the Science of Life podcast. My name is Elizabeth and this is my daughter Amber. Hey everyone. We are your podcast hosts. Recently, we've realised everyday life and social situations can really connect with the scientific concepts that we like to familiarise ourselves with. We're here to share our experiences with you. We have an Instagram profile dedicated to this podcast. Just search up The Science of Life. Be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and review. Or alternatively, follow this podcast, The Science of Life, on Spotify. What influences our mindset? Let's imagine you're an atom. What affects your mindset? Is it the people around you? Is it the things you say or do? Well, when you think about it, we're actually really similar to atoms. We can gain certain types of energy from those around us, and the more we spend time with them, the more we become like them. Yet in the centre of it all, we're still the same person. Like the nucleus, it doesn't change no matter how many electrons the atom collects. So, what sort of mindset do you think you've gained from people around you? Hmm, very good question. Um, I would say quite specifically uh, in the last 12 months, I know that uh, my mindset has become very, uh, has become clearer um, in the sense that um, I know that I've always I'll be honest, I think I'm a, a natural pessimist. So I work very hard at being an optimist. Um, and just over time, that kind of positive approach to life, uh, it rubs off on others and then it comes back, you know, in full circle and full swing. So A lot like karma. Yeah, <laughs> like karma, that's right. And like you also say, um, in terms of the, the energy... Um, you know, yeah, I think that that putting out that energy, that energy was coming back to me in full force. Um, so much so that I was, you know, kind of overwhelmed mm. with how how much positivity there is uh, for me in particular on a platform like LinkedIn. So when you talk about mindset and, um, you know, the, the people you attract and, and what you take, what you draw from others... That's been definitely what I've gained um, in this past year, which I can't speak highly enough because social media isn't as terrible as it is as long as you've got the right intention. Well, yeah, there's always that um, people always like to say, oh, let's pay it forward because mm. that's definitely the right thing to do. And the, that's a really positive thing to think about. And I guess... A lot of things that you'll, that you'll, um, mainly when you talk about mindsets, a lot of people think of two things, a negative and a positive mindset, or a growth and fixed mindset. Mm. There's, um, I know that's something that's very, you, um, it's focused on, and people will say, oh, work on having a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset, because you'll it's always good to grow and gain more knowledge but with a fixed mindset that will be harder to do 
Mm, it will, certainly. I mean, having a fixed mindset is very limiting for yourself. It's limiting for others. Um, and it's very uh, noticeable. But one thing that I think that I've um, come to realize, and I was listening to uh, an audio book, I believe it was um, Growth Mindset by Carol. Oh, now her surname has passed me, but maybe if I figure it out, you can put it in the show notes. Um, I think it's something like DeWolf or something like that. Anyway, um, so she, I believe she was actually the lady who coined the term growth mindset. So this book is from some time back. She's a psychologist. Uh, but what she talks about in her book is that the um, she, I think she identified that within herself, she had a very fixed mindset because of her education system and mm. because um, society really does, well, for a long time did support that fixed mindset where everything was fairly rigid, uh, fairly set, um, and the growth mindset hadn't been investigated yet. But the more the research, you know, that's made and, and, and investigated, it, it shows that the growth mindset is, is that component of people that really do excel. Um, they are the ones that uh, know and are comfortable with the, the whole concept of failing because the failing, whilst it maybe is embarrassing or, um, you know, just disappointing, um, if you're able to cope with that failure, um, the growth that comes from it is 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 so much more powerful than than the than the fact that you might be embarrassed that you know you you look like you made a mistake or that you, you know you didn't get it right or whatever um, and you know being that idea of being perfect uh, I think we in in a society and and with your peers and and those that like kind of there's a lot of judgment that goes around you know being perfect seems to be you know ideal but really um the growth and the learning is really the part that's ideal so i mean i'll, I'll be honest amber what what was it that that made you think of of this particular topic well i don't know um uh, i actually don't remember now it was actually quite a while ago because i do get these ideas but i often um wait a while to write them down so um i don't i'm not quite sure but i think it's always been there in the back of my mind and i've kind of just known it um because actually i think it might have been a science experiment we did in class um where you rub a piece of plastic against um against some uh carpet mm. and then you use the charged ruler um the charged plastic to pick up paper mm. and i was thinking well if you well what it what was it that changed that but the charge of that plastic to um attract that paper and i guess i was thinking um it was all the exchange of particles. Mm. So, um, but so thinking are you about saying, saying when you say exchange of particles in, in the kind of the human sense, are you saying exchange of um, ideas um, and that connection that you have with humans uh, and, and other people 
uh, in parallels to that what you saw physically in your yeah. in your sight experience. Well, we all yeah. Well, we definitely all have the um, the right to express ourselves, mm. and by expressing ourselves, we're putting our ideas out there mm. where they can be collected, and people can do what they want with them. Mm. They can agree or disagree, mm. and I guess. Um, with the negative mindset or a fixed mindset, mm. um, you're often very concentrated on the idea of failure. Mm. And um, failure isn't something... I know you, before you've said to me that you don't believe in failure. There are mistakes, but there is no true failure because there's always something you can learn from a mistake, be, which means you haven't failed. Because there's something you can, good that you can take away from that. Well, I'll actually correct you there. I, I, when you say that, um, you know, the fixed mindset's focused on failure, I actually think that they're more fixed on being perfect. They're more mm. fixed on being right. Um, and there is definitely a fear of failure. Yes, that that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that um. motivates them to, to constantly be... Uh, to present themselves as being perfect or present everything as being, you know, all uh, according to plan. Um, but how realistic is that, you know, as people, as, you know, human beings, are we perfect? No, of course not. And talking about being perfect, you might think of a perfectionist. Mm. Uh, now, I don't believe that perfectionists will always have a fixed mindset. They could still have a growth mindset, even though they want things to be perfect. Mm, okay. There is that, the, there's always layers to it. Mm. So I guess if you want your entire life to be perfect and you want everything to just exceed and excel and keep going mm. and become better and better, that is quite, um, that, that's being a perfectionist. But the thing is, by being a perfectionist, you're not quite having a fixed mindset because the idea of a fixed mindset is believing that you won't make mistakes along the way. Mm. Because perfectionism is you want it to be perfect in the end. I think fixed mindset, you'll want to get there without any failures because if you if without any mistakes because you'll see that mistake as a failure you won't understand that there's more beyond it mm. i think the the one of the the biggest catches with um being a perfectionist is uh when things don't go to plan and when things aren't perfect how debilitating is that process of that failure and that's the one thing that i that what I see with per real true perfectionists uh, is that um, it can derail them quite badly to the yeah. point where it will lead to mental health issues, depression and anxiety and things that uh, really ultimately gets out of their control because they are so transfixed on being in control of everything that when life just is normal life, it's, as I'll, I'll repeat it, it's debilitating. Well, yeah, I guess that leads to the, the question, 
how uh, in current day life, mm. how much are things exaggerate? Mm. Because you'll often hear someone say, oh, I have OCD. Mm. Now, when you think about it, OCD is actually feeling sick or feeling a sense of doom if something doesn't happen in a certain way, mm. even if it's something completely unrelated. Mm. But usually in this day, when people say, oh, I have OCD, it usually means that they just don't like the feeling of not having something perfect. Mm. Well, I think that maybe it might require a little bit more investigation of the specific definition of obsessive compulsive disorder because as it suggests, it's a disorder. So are there varying levels of the disorder? But I would tend to agree with you in the sense that the disorder is would be classified or categorized as a disorder when it becomes debilitating. So yes, people casually just say, oh, I have OCD. Um, is it that they are, you know, you know, they can't move because they are so petrified that, you know, they haven't been able to wash their hands 10 times in the last five minutes or, mm. you know, those, those kinds of examples, um, you know, does it have to be that extreme to be classified as OCD or, you know, are there varying levels? But you are right. Uh, culturally, we, we, we're quite flippant and quite casual with, with our language. And I guess that that to me also sparked the whole interest of um, effective communication. So maybe that's a question to think about at the after um, the end of this podcast episode to think about how much do we exaggerate things nowadays? How much is it um, how much is it exaggerated and amplified? Or do we really just not understand what it truly is? Mm, yeah, very good questions to ask. And quite possibly another podcast episode once we've had a look at that information. Yeah. Well, see you later. <laughs>